You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wizard Factory. This is going to be podcast episode number five. I'm Logan Hart. This is Brian Brian. Easterday. Yes, yes. Brian, you can say your own name, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And tonight's topic is called The Magic Pill. Why we want it now. And uh, this, this topic here is all about instant gratification. But it goes a little bit deeper than, than that as well. So, you know, what is the magic pill? Um, we're looking at um, it's, it's, it's a psychological state of mind that, you know, I think a lot of us are very prone or susceptible to falling into. And um, ultimately, the underlying issue about this uh, wanting it now and not having to work for it is trying to bypass the essential component of struggle of the spiritual experience. Um, and I, I think that's a pretty good introduction there because that's really what we're getting at is, you know, it's, it's about that struggle. So uh, I wanted to finish the opener here with a quote by Muhammad Ali that I, I just, it jumped out at me. And uh, I feel like it encapsulates this perfectly. So Muhammad Ali said, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. And I think, you know, that, like I said, that, that really sums up the, uh, the dynamic that we're wanting to get in here, get into here tonight, because um, just to finish up with this little idea here, is, is this concept to me that I realized that essentially pain, suffering, struggle is, is a part of life. It's not all there is to life, but it's part of the duality that is, is constantly transmuting. I mean, you know, think of like a diamond. It, it doesn't become a diamond without intense pressure crushing it you know, and in temperature and all that kind of stuff that's, that's transforming it into something new and more, you know, more precious. And uh, basically, so if pain is inevitable, we don't get a choice in the matter, right? We're here, we're alive, and this is part of the experience. But we do get to choose one thing. Do you want to suffer now and um, reap the long-term benefits of delayed gratification or do we want a little bit of gratification now and then we are uh, faced with the the polar opposite of a long-term pain and anguish from that dynamic so um, you know and there's there's lots of uh, examples we can get into but Brian do you want to so far riff on anything of what I've said yet yeah no I think it's um, you know good to um you know, really, uh, I think it's good to make sure we come at this from an empowered state of mind here, too, and recognizing that even though pain may be uh, part of life, that there may be some suffering there, some apophatic experiences, that we can look at those as challenges, you know, just like in the, in, 
every hero's journey, you know, it's it's that challenge that really makes the story really good. Um, so mm-hmm. coming at it from that perspective, I think, is a lot a lot healthier way um, we can really um, empower ourselves um, to to look in um, look at challenges as something that you know can actually, even though they may be difficult, they can actually better us. Right. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I fully agree with that because you know uh, the older I get and the more you you start just kind of learning how things work and uh, and you know understanding, especially being an individual who is at some point in their life made a conscious decision to become committed to the process, right? You know, there's kind mm-hmm. of two kinds of people in life. Ones that just sort of float through and take the path of least resistance and they don't question anything. And then you see them 20 years later and that they're the same exact person with just a bigger belly. <laughs> and then there's people that are just constantly on that spiritual grind who are always looking for the next thing that they can take into themselves, integrate it and trans and be, you know, transformed by it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, that's one thing that I, I, um, picked up and just sort of, you know, intuitively along the way is, is that when you start understanding the bigger picture of how this works, you can actually start appreciating that, that struggle you can actually mm-hmm. start getting excited about that challenge you know yes. what i mean mm-hmm. right absolutely because you know what it means you know there's a book called i think no mud no lotus or something like that mm-hmm. and it's basically mm-hmm. conveying this this spiritual concept of of like without that muck to to dig into and and just wall around in you know, there can be no beautiful fruits produced from that. Mm. You know, that's what understanding the laws of, of gender and polarity and these universal laws are really all about is, you you know, and once you <clears throat> recognize them, you can see them everywhere. And then, of course, start tapping into that power of, of that understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like uh, in our, our last talk that we did, you know, where we talked about shit being the catalyst for growth you know, in context mm. to, you know, gardening and everything like it, it, it is that struggle. So I think it's uh, going to be good to maybe look at, um, you know, these different mindsets um, here. And I think some of the ways that we can see, you know, some of the, the places where we see we want this instant gratification, mm-hmm. um, we can see it play out in technology, you know, obviously was one that, you know, you had mentioned earlier when we were talking and, um, you know, being able to just have that instant access to information or to products or entertainment, yeah, whatever yeah. it may be, just that kind of uh, channels, Netflix, mm-hmm. everything's just right there. You know, drive through. <laughs> yeah, and whenever, whenever we have that, that can kind of get us disconnected from the process of uh, understanding that everything actually is a process. It starts locking us mm. into this mindset of thinking should be this instantaneous reward and you know we, right. we say i think another a really big one that we could hit on here is um the wanting the instant gratification when it comes to like medication um both you know like pharmaceutical medication but all, also drugs because uh, addiction you know that's another thing we could really tie in here is wanting that mm-hmm. that instant gratification to cover up uh whatever you're not wanting to actually deal with um Absolutely. So, and you, know, you, you can actually probably quite a bit here. <laughs> oh yeah. 
No, that's a great way that you laid that out there because you can kind of look at the the relationship between those things and how they actually are very cyclical because mm-hmm. it starts with the, you know, uh, instant gratification of like the junk food. I want that t- that good taste now yeah. and then that breeds sickness and then instead of reversing that by eating healthy and healing the body, no, no, now I just want that that magic pill that's going to fix my sickness. And then you, you're you're just yeah. masking symptoms after symptoms, just masking and putting band-aids on shit. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Just, and the problem grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Very absolutely. Um, yeah, and like you said, you know, just understanding even, you know, when people say they want to, you know, uh, heal themselves or they want to better their body in some way, but they're wanting, you know, this quick fix pill or, you know, for, for whatever the problem may be, it, it's really just ignoring, you know, that fact of life that everything is a process. It's a cycle. Mm. Um, and if you want something, you're going to have to not only, uh, you know, take action on it, but take continued action. Ooh, yeah, it's not just this like one and done thing, actually. And, you know, this this is kind of just coming up. I had a, a friend recently that I hadn't talked to in many years. And um, he was asking me about meditation. So I, I gave him meditation. And he, uh, uh, he and said he, it, it was really enjoyable for him. He really liked it. Uh, and he's going to do it again. But he's like, does this work? Is it like a one and done kind of thing? It's <laughs> like, so you know, I got laughed a little bit. And I was like, no, it's, you know, it's good. But, you know, it's something that you're going to, you know, you're going to want to continue to do it because the more you delve into it, the more mm-hmm. reward you're going to get from it. But it, it's a very kind of Western mindset that we can see here. And I think mm-hmm. it ties back good with this, is that, that instant gratification of like, okay, so I can just do this thing really quick and everything will be okay. You know, right. no, we're going to have to take continued action. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely <laughs> the general mindset that we're, that we're looking at here. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think the gym is a really good uh, analogy that, you know, that you really see this play out in many ways. So so like, you know, this first portrays the example of how I was saying like, you know, the pain part is inevitable. Well, you know, when you go and do those squats or you're doing the bench press or you're running on the treadmill or whatever, it fucking hurts. Right. Mm -hmm. But first of all, if you're super out of shape, it's going to hurt worse, which is going to even, you know, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, discourage you from, from doing it even more. It takes even more willpower to sort of push through that barrier. But then, you know, damn well, once you've been up there for a few minutes or once you get those first couple of sets in and the blood's all pumping through your body, next thing you know, you're just like, damn, this feels good. And you feel, you feel empowered. Then you feel good about yourself too, because you're actually doing the thing that you said you're good. So you're in your integrity. So you're like, yes, I'm not a total piece of shit today. I'm actually doing what I said I'm going to do. <laughs> and, you know, and then yes, it still hurts. But what happens, especially the more you become a gym rat and you build that habit of going every day for a month or whatever, each uh-huh. day you get, you feel excited about it. And then I know for me personally too, when I got a really good workout in and my muscles are just destroyed and like super sore, I actually like that feeling of being really, really sore because it reminds me that I'm pushing myself and that I'm getting stronger through that pain, Mm -hmm. through that adversity and struggle. You know, that last set, the one that you didn't want to do and you're sitting there and you're shaking and you're 
you know, focusing all your mental faculties into just pushing that bar up or whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is where it's at, and that same kind of dynamic can apply, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, everything. Mm-hmm. Very, very, you know, universally applicable. Yeah, and, and likewise, you know, uh, if you're going to the gym, you don't expect to get all the way to your goal there in one workout. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's going to be a process. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. It's like, okay, I did one set of squats. Okay, do I have that? Do I have that booty yet? <laughs> like, is, like, it, is it good? Is it good? No, no, no. no. You know, yeah. Do keep keep going. Keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think you know um, another kind of uh, subject we could hit on this with that we can see play out that is a big one is uh, food, and this can kind of tie back oh, yeah. into uh, our last couple talks that we did. You know, in context mm. permaculture, but with our food, we've really learned to get this instant gratification of being able to just have this quick access of, you know, um, the example I was thinking of is like even just going to the store and looking and seeing vegetables or fruit or whatever, and it's already there and you just expect it. It's there, you buy it, and then you, you have it. It's very instant. But, but it we really could, disconnects you take from the it, process. Honestly, not to interrupt, but I, I mean, like we could look at the whole process of from the becoming a coming, you know, a seed in the ground. You know, we're we're flash growing. Let's think about the terminology: flash growing crops. You know, we don't want to wait. We just need to like pop them out, and there there's no nutrients inside. And then we throw them on a truck and send them off. You know, instead of like cultivating that painstaking care of like growing really high quality right food. and that's what i was getting to is it, it disconnects us from the process of actually you know understanding that there is a process of what it actually takes to grow that that food through the whole season and um mm. things like that um you know so i think that that's definitely another a way we can see this instant gratification kind of play out in our society um and another way is with knowledge and belief systems. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will, um, if they are coming across the problem in their life, they're like, you know, they, they'll just, you know, uh, sometimes they'll come to you like as a teacher and they'll, they'll want, they'll have this really big problem and they'll want like this, this one simple little answer, you know, what, what can I do to just fix this instantly? And, yeah. And yeah. there's, you just have to tell them that's not how it works. <laughs> like it's, you know, this, right. this is going to take study. work and commitment and, and study and you're going to have to. understanding. Be, right. And be willing to put the time into, you know, uh, doing the ritual, doing whatever practice it is. So you, you start working with those things, you know, that you're unaware of and being able to bring those to the surface to process them. Um, and that's um, so many people are just looking for a quick fix. Uh, sorry, my thought, my connection was bad there. Uh, so many people are looking for like a, a quick fix belief system, or like I said, some little bit of knowledge that they'll find this one little thing and it'll fix. You know, and uh, you know, it could be financial knowledge. You know, they get this one financial tip and it's going to fix all their money problems, or uh, it could be relationship advice. Uh, oh, you know, you're going to get this read this one book on relationships, you're going to, you know, do this one thing and somehow that's going to fix your, uh, you know, very unhealthy yeah. relationship. And, All going to take time. And what does that sound like? 
when you're you're saying that it reads just like the little headlines for the clickbaits, right? When you're on the uh -huh. websites and you get to the end of the article, all the little yeah. ads down there say like, "Try this one weird trick to do such <laughs> and such." Whatever. It's just like, here's a magic pill. Just click it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's all just selling you magic pills, dude, everywhere, because yeah, they know that exactly. psychologically that's where people are at, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I want that. Mm -hmm. But um, real quick, though, because, you know, I feel like we could have like definitely gone uh, more into that food aspect that you brought up, too, because, mm -hmm. again, I, I want to kind of look at the whole from the seed, and then, you know, it's flash-grown, shipped off, and then, you, 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 you know, so there's that, then getting it at the grocery store. So you didn't create that food. You don't. And it's all about kind of appreciating the process of what it takes to get these things too. That's why, you know, it's all about like millennials, this or whatever. It's the younger generation because they don't know how hard we had it back in the day and what it took to just get this one little thing that they now have on command, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, and then, uh, so, so then you buy the food, right? And then you get it home and then what are you going to do? Well, you got microwaves. You don't even have to cook the shit anymore. You just put it in here, mash some buttons and then, it, you know, it cooks for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like everything's instant hot pockets, instant mashed potatoes, in, you know, just like now, 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 now. And what mm -hmm. happens too, that's pretty much like the unhealthiest food that you can eat as well. So right. there's a correlation there for sure. There's definitely something too that's you know that's linked, you know, linked to those that those two dynamics there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I think you know really uh, another great way to r look at this um, is that with the concept of justice in our society. Mm -hmm. Whenever uh, you know, typically in our society with you know government and authority there, the the reason people want to have that, <clears throat> the justification they use for it, is that, you know, oh, if bad people do this thing, then, you know, somebody needs to be there to stop them or, or to punish them or whatever that is. But that's really based off of the false premise that there isn't cosmic law, that there isn't this thing called cause and effect and karma. Karma, yes. That will actually, you know, take care of it in itself, in and of itself. But, and that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, a, the person will have an instantaneous punishment for what they did mm. wrong. Sometimes it may take a while. It's not going to be That's just great. this one-to-one -one ratio. Sometimes it may take a while to play out. Uh, sometimes they may not experience that karma until far, far down the road. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to experience it. Right. Um, it might even not even happen in their lifetime, but in a future reincarnation. And that's, right. you know, it's ironic because, you know, you hear people think, you know, like uh, Christians when they talk about like, it's not my my place to judge, like only God can judge them. It's funny because they don't realize they're talking about karmic law, but that's what it's at. That's the true meaning of the words that they're saying that they get from the scriptures is like, you know, um, like it's all going to come around and they may not see it and they may not even understand it, but the universe is more intelligent than you are and it's, it's going to do its thing basically. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So I think, you know, that's definitely something that in our society, obviously there's a, that's a, that's a big one that people really, they want that instant gratification. They want that instant sense of justice every time there's been justice some kind of wrongdoing or something like that. Um, but what I think when we can step back and, and um, look at it, um, 
even if we were wanting to say be the the um, the ones that were serving the the karma, you know, in this physical plane. So let, let's use like a, an example here. Say someone was trying to uh, rob somebody, mm-hmm. and then you know they've committed violence against you. They've aggressed upon you, and then you use force to repel that. So you right. You know, you shoot them or whatever. Um, you that's can look cool. at it, um, you know, from lots of different ways. Yeah, that's instant karma, but it's also being it's being dealt out that effect by the person that it's at. You know, the harm is being done against, and the person you know shooting them that doesn't necessarily even mean they would have to uh, fatally shoot the person. They could just you know shoot them in the kneecap or something like that. You know, yeah. so there's also you know different levels of es- escalation. You know, um, where. Sure. using the proper amount of force, the proper amount of karma to actually repel, you know, what, what is being done uh, because yeah. someone making a stupid decision on something, um, but that isn't necessarily exactly. life threatening, doesn't necessarily deserve to like lose their life over that. They may just need to learn a really hard fucking lesson. the hard right. way. But even that yeah. said though, my thing is, you know, somebody might overreact and and in mm-hmm. and, and kind of like not meet with proper due force in that situation, but you know mm-hmm. what? That's kind of a risk you take when you go and do something stupid right. like rock someone or whatever. And that's kind of the right. you know it's a little bit of a gray area for me because it's it's like you know uh, you know especially very new age minded people say like if you meet force with force, you know you're just being you know the thing that you say you hate or you're joining the evil or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, no, like, um, first of all, you're neutralizing the situation. You're restoring things back to the default state, which is peace and freedom. And it's like, if, like, say somebody's waving a gun around, for example, and pointing it at people. It's like, okay, well, they weren't harming anybody, and, but, and then somebody shot them. But guess what? Again, if you don't, it's, it's kind of simple, like, uh, don't wave a gun around and you're a lot less likely to get shot. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not rocket science. It's called common mm-hmm. sense. Don't be a moron. You know, mm-hmm. it's a risk you take when you do something stupid like that. Yeah. Um, sorry. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> you know, and this is, uh, another kind of big way we can see this play out. And this is something that, you know, um, one of my favorite teachers, you know, uh, brings up a lot, but it's kind of this, this idea that, um, where people will demand a, a teacher's time or somebody's time, you know, j- just because they, they want it. So, uh, if somebody has a, a channel or something, these people, these type of people, they'll come on and they'll start arguing and then they'll expect that 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 teacher, that person who runs that channel should sit there and argue with them all day just to, you know, defend their position. What that is, is that's, you know, that's a person like, as we like to uh, joke about it with, that's a person with spiritual blue balls and they're frustrated and they, they don't feel like they got enough attention and they're craving that attention. They're craving that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're wanting um, that energy, you know, Mm. and that acknowledgement so then they go around and they project on the thing, you know, every, everybody else's stuff uh, as a way of trying to get that energy, uh, even though they may not consciously realize they're doing this. Um, right. But that's something I think in our Western society, 
everybody, uh, and especially with things like technology, a lot of people won't don't actually take the time to respect teachers um, and to actually, you know, approach them in a respectful way. Where if you look at like in Eastern traditions, the way they um, work with their teachers is definitely uh, a lot different as compared to kind of the Western mindset where people kind of expect that, you know, they want these instant results or, oh, you know, just give me, give me that, that golden little nugget that will fix everything for me. And it's like, no, that's, that's not how this is going to work. You're going to have to take the time to actually look at the knowledge and look at the information and put it into practice. Right. Really go through the process. Which again, true teaching is, is, is about transformation. Mm -hmm. One golden nugget isn't going to do anything for you as a person. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, hacking, like you, one, again, with the, the clickbait titles, this one weird hack will change, blah, blah, blah. It, that it's, it's about true transformation, like mm -hmm. really become something new. And that right. doesn't happen tonight. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, you know, why is the reason that we, we kind of try to shun away from this, the, the process and go for that instant gratification and it's because that process is difficult. It's a struggle. Sometimes um, it takes dedication and continued action and willpower and mm -hmm. going for the instant gratification. You know, it's the easy route, you know, that you're like, Oh, you can do this and just distract yourself from it a little bit longer and a little bit longer, but it's cheap. That's the right. problem. You right. never get what you think you're you're bargaining for. Right. It's just Yeah. It's like it's like getting the you know, putting the quarter in and getting that little piece of bubble gum and it tastes good for like three right. seconds and then it tastes like gall. Right. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> uh, I like that. <laughs> um Yeah, I, uh, earlier we were talking about uh, you brought up a really great uh point. Uh that I'd like to see if you could rip on here, which was uh, acquired taste. About, right, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so like, you know, I find personally some of my favorite things in life, just generally speaking, I didn't even necessarily really like that much at first, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, some things, even just appreciation, takes time to develop. There's nuance, right. there's depth to it. So, you know... Uh, something that it just think of something of value is going to have like a richness to it, a depth to it, and you can't possibly uh, experience that to a degree to fully appreciate it, the the fullness of it in a thirty second. Like you know, like put it's like putting on a movie, and then the first thirty seconds you're like, this more this movie's really boring or whatever, and you haven't even given it a chance yet. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. Like that that just kind of. Uh, I don't know. I'm silently judging you if if you do that. Basically, <laughs> um, you know, you know, just off. I just find in general, often the finest things in life uh, take time to kind of appreciate. And I think that mm -hmm. appreciation is kind of another aspect of this that we can look at. You know, that plays into the whole uh, instant yeah. gratification thing. Is just kind of like you're you're trying to tell. You know, just imagine this. You're trying to tell a child about this amazing, super complex, rich, uh, thing. And they're just like, yeah, I don't really care about that. I just want this like now I just want it now, you know, like the, those two kind of go together. It's like the two sides of the spectrum a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think of it kind of like a really good analogy for me 
is imagine like this big epic movie like Star Wars or like Braveheart or something, and you just you just pop the movie in and you go to the menu back you know the DVD menu which probably isn't a thing anymore, and you just go to the the final scene you know the big epic ending or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, just at, you know you just skip right to it. Is that really going to mean anything? Uh, mm -hmm. it, are you going to feel it? You know, does it move you emotionally if you're just skipping right to the end? I'm willing to bet that it doesn't. Why? Honestly, it's because you didn't travel, you didn't journey with the characters through their struggle. I mean, that's why they call it drama, is because that's the process. It's the journey. It's it's just as much the journey as the destination. I don't. I think some people say it's 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 only about the journey or it's only about the destination. I think they're both a little bit imbalanced. I I see it as first of all, it's not two separate things at all really it's kind of all one thing uh but the, you know they they both serve each other and they, they synergize or whatever it, it's about the struggle that you got to get to that moment that if you watch through the whole movie and then you get to that moment of triumph and overcoming all the adversity and struggles only then are you going to feel that deep passion and and you know being moved by that moment mm -hmm. No, I think that, you know, that's a, a good example there, being able to look at, like, you know, just say hopping to the end of the movie to look at the final scene. Imagine if you we take that and then what if you could view your life, you know, like a movie, and what if you just imagine mm -hmm. hopping to the end of your life, you know, or something like that? What yeah. would be that exciting? You right. know, it's all the struggle of your whole life that you want to view. It's that whole process. Um, right. I think that's interesting to look at there. Yeah, and I think the, the reason that, is like that dynamic works the way that it does is because it's about the fact that you didn't earn it right mm -hmm. um the same in the same way as skipping to the end of the movie you didn't feel anything because you didn't travel with them to earn that moment of triumph it's just mm -hmm. as like or like when you play skyrim or something and you just start the game and you're already level 80 and you can just kill people with a single spell and you've got all the best armor like that would be really boring actually because you you know right. it'd be cool for five minutes and you're like oh, i'm invincible but then right. you just be like well like i i don't even have to worry about dying like there's no fun there's no excitement in that because there's you know i there's it's not even any challenge or peril to it um mm. you're just a demigod off the bat or like you know uh, you know, the, let's let's take like kind of a cheesy archetype of like the rapper from Rags to Riches. If he, he just started off with the the mansion and the the Bugatti or whatever, but he didn't come from the streets to actually understand the meaning of those things and what it takes to actually earn it. Coming back to that, earning it, you know, actually earning things. Mm -hmm. No, I think uh, another way we can we can kind of take this concept uh, that we're hitting on here, which is to sum it up shortly, you know, appreciation uh, versus gratification. Um, and the way I think we could look at this here, um, specifically in context to like uh, the truth community, you know, those of us who are actively trying to, you know, seek a, a freer and a better world. Hmm. Uh, I think from looking at this from a, a, a larger perspective, a, a global consciousness perspective, mm -hmm. I think we can see that having to go through this state of struggle, uh, the state of oppression, 
you know, all, all these different hard lessons and struggles that, you know, human beings have been experiencing for thousands of years, when we can really learn how to move past that with true wisdom, we'll really then only be able to truly, uh, truly appreciate what freedom and sovereignty really is. That's compared to just like if it was something just given to us without having to have that struggle. And there's just like a, you know, a gratification from it. But if you have that appreciation because you've had to have that struggle and you've had to uh, earn it, I think that's something that, you know, from uh, the perspective of us as, you know, a consciousness as a species, you know, on a soul level that we can look at and kind of appreciate yeah, oh, that's that's a beautiful point, Brian. Because um, I, I, you know, what's coming to me here is when you think about the words uh, "revolution," which means circular, versus uh-huh. "evolution," which is more linear, right. like you know, over right. or at least more of a spiral where you're going somewhere with it mm-hmm. instead of just going around chasing the tail of dogma. As right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's because we we sort of go around and on this merry-go-round of oscillating between you know like uh, oh my found my four daddies you know came and like you know founded this great nation and then but and then you can read all the quotes about how you know basically freedom must be maintained every single day and as soon as you start taking mm. it for granted is the second you're going to lose it and that's mm. that's that interplay of dynamic of like you know as each new generation uh is born into just this quote unquote privilege of living in in a relatively uh free society then they're going to take it more for granted because they don't even know what it's like to be oppressed. Therefore, they don't understand the importance of keeping tyranny in check. When we stop evolving, we start revolving. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and hence exactly why freedom is such an integral aspect to consciousness and the evolution of it. Because... Mm-hmm. The more conscious you become, the more uh, uh, free you become, assuming it's a holistic consciousness where you're understanding the non-aggression principle as well as the self-defense principle always together. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think a couple other really big areas that we can... We can see this play out, you know, like where where did this idea of wanting this instant gratification come from? And I think a, a few major ways we can see this play out, uh, specifically in the context of our Western society here, is with uh, religion and politics. So first, we could you know maybe look at um, you know uh, Christianity, you know, just because it's uh, you know the more dominant religion here in the West. But this idea of a savior complex, you know, and we can see this play out with the politicians and the government too. But this idea that someone else is going to save you. You know, and that there'll be this, there's going to be this instant gratification, this instant uh, forgiveness, this instant protection if they pass this law. You know, all all these different things. Um, it's an externalization of our responsibility. But when we do that, we think, oh, okay, so we can just give it up to this other source, whether that be on this physical plane with politicians or on in the spiritual realm. Uh, and then 
that oh yeah they'll just take care of it and it'll it'll, it'll just be fixed like that um and it, it's mm-hmm. giving up total responsibility uh for being able to delve into and actually go through our own process and experience struggles and then to move past those um mm-hmm. and i think these are two obviously very their belief systems that obviously are very integrated um in a very deep way into our society um right and i think they're kind of you know even you know foundational beliefs and assumptions that people hold in their subconscious mind uh and then we see all these uh, you know other things are built off of those really right very right brain perspectives as well and uh Mm -hmm. you know Absolutely, both of those things, especially the 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 Jesus Savior and the politician, you know, Trump Savior, whatever kind of thing, are very very magic pill flavored. As in, mm-hmm. like you just, you know, uh, try this one weird trick to save your soul. All you got to do is, you know, you know, pledge yourself all you to do vote, <laughs> and then you're just saved forever. Yeah, or or like all you got to do is go and put your name in this little box, and then we'll take care of everything. You know, that's. Yeah, that's all there is to it. It's magic mm-hmm. pill, you know, straight mm-hmm. up textbook magic pill uh, dynamic there for sure. Or the aliens, you know, the Pleiadians are going to come right. save us. We don't actually have to be responsible for our condition of slavery here on the planet. Um, we just gotta, you know, hold the faith. And you know, a lot of Christian truthers kind of take this uh, perspective as well as like, well, sure, the world's awful and they're doing all these terrible things, but I know that all I have to do is keep my faith strong. And uh, eventually Jesus is going to come back and then, you know, the, the, uh, the rapture is going to happen and just suck us up into the sky and we don't have to deal with any of the, the, the negative karmic, you know, contribution of our actions here. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, yeah. but it, it's just so childlike. You know, I know that's probably yeah. going to upset a lot of people, but it, it is. Mm-hmm. It's like no one is here but us in terms of, uh, intervening, you know, uh, taking mm-hmm. action for, on our behalf. That is the whole point of our being uh, uh, incarnated here. Right. Is, is to learn we that are, responsibility. Is to, right, right. Yeah. It's like, you never, if you're never going to take the training wheels off, you know, what are you even right. doing? You can't, yeah. say, you can't say that you know how to ride a bike if you've never even taken your training wheels off. That's right. called growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you have to do that. Right. Um, so I think, you know, uh, what this all, you know, we can amount to with this instant gratification here. Um, and I hit it on a little bit a minute ago, but we can delve into it more here is that with the instant gratification, you always see it. Um, and the way it's coming is in some externalized source. Mm. And it's always about, distracting yourself from that journey that happens inwardly. So mm-hmm. I think that's what we can, you know, really look at moving towards, you know, is to, you know, when we can look at, okay, so we've been externalizing our power. Now, what are the steps that we can actually use to start understanding our inward journey? Um, and for me, you know, this is, Go ahead. Before we get to that, real quick, Brian, because you're you're a little bit well more uh, well versed in these things, uh, mm-hmm. do you want to maybe kind of do a little juxtaposition of the Jesus figure uh, mm-hmm. versus what Odin went through in his sacrifice and how those yes. two things are different? 
because I think that's a very applicable uh, dynamic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, thanks for bringing that up because that, that definitely is. So in the Norse tradition, if people aren't familiar, um, in some of the myth- mythos, there's a couple stories where the god Odin, uh, he uh, sacrificed himself in some way, made some kind of sacrifice. Uh, in one story, he sacrificed his eye in the well of Mimir to gain uh, more wisdom. And in another story, he hung himself on the world tree, the Yggdrasil, uh, for nine days and nine nights. And and it was through this process of dying uh, and coming into a higher awareness that he learned the mysteries of the runes. Um, and I think there's some, some great things to look at in the foundational mindset behind that, you know, where Odin, he wanted to see one, he didn't start off as this all knowing perfect being. He was, mm. he was challenging himself to seek more wisdom. He wanted to know more. And two, he didn't seek or ask anybody outside of his fucking self to do it for him. He as a spiritual warrior was willing to sacrifice himself to be willing to gain that knowledge and to gain that understanding. He he didn't look for a savior anywhere else. He was his own savior. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a lot different than the whole, you know, the mindset you get with Christianity where, you know, there was this perfect being and that, you know, you're just this uh, kind of worthless, sinful creature that, you know, you don't have the ability or the power to save yourself. You, you need this outside source to save it. Only whenever you do this thing, it's, it'll, it'll instantly save you. And then you'll be okay for eternity because you did this one thing. It's a, it's that whole and, and the, yeah. the, the Bible, you know, cause I remember growing up in the church and, and I, I had thoughts about, you know, these kind of things of like, well, well, what about my power? Like, what am you know? And right. then they'll tell you, well, that's the folly of man. That's the words that they would say is the folly mm-hmm. of man thinking he can be God. It's total yeah. gaslighting. Don't believe in yourself. How dare <laughs> you think you have any power of your own? Just, mm-hmm. you know, just take the magic pill and shut up and go along to get along like everybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, and that's... Definitely uh, the way to end up very disempowered uh, <laughs> by accepting a mindset that you're powerless. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's a Brian, good, uh, definitely a good thing to look t- at here. When you talk about dying, when Odin died unto himself, he sacrificed himself to himself. Mm-hmm. What does that mean uh, symbolically? What's the true meaning of that? Very good question. So, dying to yourself what you know what this means is that you were you're willing to really i guess go through a a sort of an ego death is one way you could put it you're willing to sacrifice what you thought you knew what your understandings were in order to go after a, a new understanding so whenever uh you're you're actively seeking a new understanding you're willing to let that that older version of yourself mm. that didn't understand that die. Right. And then you are reborn into a newer, a higher form of consciousness, a higher awareness. Right. Um, and so, you know, to, to kind of hit on one thing you said, because, you know, there's, there's this idea, this, this, this word ego death that gets thrown around a lot too. 
and it's it's not to say that the ego itself is is dying or that that should be your mission in life to become more enlightened or spiritual is to kill the ego um first of all that's impossible second that's highly unhealthy and not advisable the ego is is a part of you it's an Mm -hmm. integral part of you and a health there's absolutely nothing wrong with a healthy ego it's just that most people's egos are sick and out of balance and needs you know needs that 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 balance but so i think what you're saying by ego death is it's not the the total death of the ego it's the death of the false constructs and illusions of the ego that becomes identified so say you're, you grow up in a you know very status-minded uh, household, and you're very very identified uh, with being like an American or or something like that. The ego thinks that that's who you are. You're an American mm-hmm. when that's a totally illusory and false construct. And to we need to start you know outgrowing these these little like roles that we try to play well i'm american and so americans have to do this or they have to be like this or whatever you're putting Uh yourself in a box you're putting your your infinite expansive consciousness in a little flower pot like with all your roots all squished up like this and like this is Uh just who i am we have Uh to break out of that kind of stuff and i think you know that's i think a really good depiction of dying unto yourself again and again and again because each new level there's always new layers that you can break through where you're just breaking you know planting yourself in a bigger pot and then you outgrow that one and putting yourself in a bigger pot and outgrow that you know Mm -hmm. that's all part of the process right and and this process it does feel like you're dying sometimes like whenever you're going through these changes it it absolutely sometimes it can be more terrifying than death i mean that's what you know why i think sometimes Mm. people get to the point that they're very unhealthy and they actually create you know from the shamanic mm. perspective they create disease for themselves because they're they're so afraid of dealing with those emotions and that trauma you know and they get so identified with whatever story and narrative that they're telling yes. themselves that ego that rather than being willing to die to that illusory form that temporary form that they have they hold on to it to the point that they become so stagnant they actually fucking kill themselves. Oh wow! Yeah, you know. And, um, and check this yeah. out. I, I think you're really gonna like this. So I think what it, so it's it's fear, right? They're clinging mm-hmm. to this idea of who they aren't because they're so afraid of who they really are. Think about that. Yeah. So that's why they cling because that that false paradigm of I'm this. They cling to that so tightly because it gives them a false sense of safety of just like, if I can just be this, then I fit in and I know who I am because I really don't know who the fuck I am. And I'm scared <laughs> to find that out. I'm scared to explore and find out who I really am. So they cling like, like you know, like I always say, they cling, uh, cling to a shark like a, a life preserver. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's going to save them. Meanwhile, it's eating them alive. Right, exactly. So I think that's hitting on a great thing that we can kind of tie in with the whole uh, talk here is that it's that that clinging on to that external source for that instant gratification of just getting by a little bit longer. That's really killing us, you know, because we've externalized ourselves. So, you know, what is the solution, you know, Mm. and what I found in my experience and practice um, you know, not only in my personal uh, practice, but also in, you know, clients, uh, 
experience with clients that the arts of gnosis that those are absolutely like foundational knowledge to really start learning uh to get into yourself um you know um astrology is obviously a great place to get a foundational um mindset or blueprint you know a base of your your psychology and how you're operating you know and then there's you know other arts of gnosis that like you know the runes that you can then fine tune and deal with specific situations and things like that. But being able to access these and use them as tools to reflect back to yourself, um, what you may not have been aware of is extremely useful um, because when you can become aware of the variables and how they're interacting, you can then start to choose to change how those variables are interacting and change Mm -hmm. the outcome. Powered, right? Knowledge right. is power. You can actually apply that. Absolutely. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. That's such a great yeah. point there because essentially, um, I think a lot of people that might be att- attracted to this channel, attracted to what we have to say and all this kind of stuff, you're only here because you already have at least some kind of inkling that there's something kind of not quite right with the world or your place in it or where does this all fit together or whatever. And so you know that the constructs that like we were just talking about that you're identified with are, are not serving you anymore. You know that they're falling short and there's something not substantial there. So what better place to go from that into you know what better place to start than the arts of gnosis because that really is such a good jumping off point to knowing thyself yeah absolutely yeah yeah um no and that's uh and some of the things like i said i I do with the astrology is not only does it give you a a foundational um understanding of how you kind of operate psychologically but i also give you very practical tools uh, so you can look at like where you're going and kind of what you fall back on and kind of the dance between those two states mm-hmm. of being. I give you uh, tools to be able to like help empower yourself and, you know, with like specific little tricks, but uh, also looking at things like the Aruta Lagna, which is how you should project yourself, the, the costume that you're supposed to wear in order right. to watch which, your dharma which, which doesn't mean costume like uh fake faking somehow but more just an as as a way to present yourself authentically but in a surefire way that people will respond to you the way that you want to be responded to right and well, yeah, interact with other people in that way right i i would say it's really like the the costume of your your true self like if you were to when you start the video game, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you go through and you pick your character and they've kind of got a certain little, you know, uh, outfit or whatever. You kind of look at it like that, that, you know, this is your, your character that you wanted to play. This is, this is the outfit that you're going. And then, you know, I, I right. look at goals, specific karmic things you're supposed to uh, learn in this life, how to access and, you know, achieve those things. Like I, I can really fine tune it um, and get into depth. And then beyond that, Beyond the ritual, and I think a lot of people forget this, but the most powerful part of what you get is, uh, uh, you're beyond the reading, the most powerful part of what you get is the ritual. Because you can then take that and start actually doing it and applying it, and that's really where you're going to start doing a lot of major work, you know. Um, right. Get, actually getting the reading and becoming, you know, 
intellectually aware of all the different factors. That's that's part of it, but then you can really start to integrate it with the ritual and then start to right. be able to bring these things that were suppressed Balance. out to the surface and deal with them and Trans process mute. them. Exactly. Um, and, right. and then when you start to know yourself on a level like that, um, it, it I can't uh, describe just how much clarification it helps you bring in. And maybe a lot of things that you, this is one thing that I get a lot of feedback on is that sometimes I'll let people know about certain things or placements in their chart that they've known and they've, they've felt this, but they've maybe felt like guilty about it or they've had some kind of shame about it or they feel like, oh, this is something that's like my weakness. But then when I can frame to them and show that this is just a part, this is just one of these challenges that you wanted to have this energy to work with because there was a lesson behind it there was a, you put a resistance there for yourself because that was what is going to make you grow. And mm -hmm. when you can start to look at these things, you can really start to empower yourself and, and not necessarily feel uh, like guilty or shameful about maybe some of your, your weaknesses or challenges that you have. Cause as you know, I, I, uh, in my consultations, I always like to remind everybody that our weaknesses can be our strengths and our strengths can be our weaknesses. It's mm -hmm. really all how we're interacting with the energy, you know, to tying that back with the principle of mentalism. Right, right. And, and like to riff on what you said there too about kind of like uh, setting yourself up for those challenges, it kind of takes us back full circle to what I sort of opened mm -hmm. up with about how, you know, the, the, the struggle is inevitable, but if you spend your whole life avoiding that struggle, it's going to find you anyway, and then you're just going to always be on the re right. you know, reactive rather than proactive. That's a very mm. important dynamic yeah. there. Just getting blown around in the winds of chaos in the universe, and, and there's no methodical approach to it. To, you know, you're not going to get the same kind of gains out of mm. those uh Experiences as if you choose the way that you meet that that struggle, and you say, Absolutely. "Well, if I do it this way, I'm going to set myself up in this exact way and really maximize your gain, so that you can just like you know level the fuck up exactly. right through." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I think we can close uh, close here with a little quote that I came up with um, earlier as we were brainstorming here. Instead of looking for a savior, start looking to save yourself. Little yeah. little play on words there, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, it all comes back to you. This is you know mm -hmm. sovereignty is the number one you know uh, principle at the Wizard Factory, and um, you can you can do that you know anytime you choose to. It's always a choice that you have to make. It's a choice so, to become empowered, inspired, and encouraged. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to wrap up our episode tonight. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this. Please let us know, uh, you know, in the in the comments what you think, or maybe a, a potential topic you might like to see us do in the future, mm -hmm. or a guest that you'd like us to try to uh, connect with and get on the show. Um, we're always open to, to listening to our people. Uh, we love you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this and have a great evening. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. <laughs>